0: Hello there and welcome to our Sardis Fellowship Sermon Podcast. My name is Richard Frankowitz and I'm the Youth Director here at SFBC. This week we hear a short intro from Pastor Rod as well as a number of testimonies from Adult and Teen Challenge as they were shared in our in-person service on August 21st. Enjoy!
1: Now, I had for a long time wanted to invite uh, Adult and Teen Challenge, both the men and women centers, to come in for a worship service and to share their ministry, Uh, especially because of the location that's so close for the Men's Centre in Yarrow, the Women's Centre is in Surrey. But to be able to uh, hear about this ministry, because we do support it, comes out of our missions budget, many people in our congregation also uh, give personally to support that work, and a number of people support it through their time. In fact, one person in our church um, who works in air conditioning and uh, coolers and stuff like that, he installed an amazing walk-in cooler and freezer so that Adult Teen Challenge can store large amounts of foods. And Because they get donations. And it's just amazing. And and there's been people in our church who have said, hey, I'd like to have those men come out and do some work. They can help with landscaping. Or I even had two of them come to my home about eight years ago and they helped me cut up firewood. And that's just the way in which the life-to-life nature uh, goes on to help these men who are in this program and the women who are in their program in Surrey. So our church has been supporting Teen Challenge, and I wanted them to come in and share about the ministry and to share some of the stories and testimonies of the people that are in the program right now. If you're not familiar with it, it is a drug rehabilitation program with um, a very Christ-centered discipleship uh, uh, plan to it. it. It is all around Christ, and it's amazing how God uses this program not only to free people from addiction, but also to bring them to a place of understanding Christ in their life, to understanding God's grace for them, and uh, it often um, results in families that are healed and relationships that are restored. And so, it's just a beautiful ministry that our church has supported for years.
0: Um, my name is Wendy Townsend. I, as um, Pastor Rod had just said, I am the director of the Women's Center in Surrey. I've been with Teen Challenge for about nine years, um, coming up to ten. Coming up to 10 years, which is amazing, because I have seen a lot of men and women go through the center, and I've seen a lot of miracles happen. It's been absolutely amazing. If you are familiar um, with Teen Challenge, I won't get into it a lot. If you have more questions later, feel free to come and ask. But we're a one-year residential uh, facility that is a discipleship center, so it doesn't matter the addiction it really doesn't matter the addiction the sin is keeping the person away from god and so what we want to do is break through that and and introduce them to jesus if they don't already know him and then have that relationship grow and flourish so that they can go out and minister to other people that's what discipleship is about and and so our centers are geared that way we have Teaching, the same teaching that is around the world, we're in 130 different countries. I think we have, I don't know, I always forget the number, 1,400 centers. Um, And the curriculum is the same. It's in all kinds of different languages. The foundation is the same, and the foundation is Jesus. How we operate and what we do with our centers, it varies depending on the demographic, depends on the country, depends on the restrictions that governments put on or not. Um, there's some Teen Challenges that are actually in operation in places around the world that they're not even allowed to share the gospel, but the government has allowed the Teen Challenge to be there as long as they stay contained and do what they do, because they can see that it actually works. You don't want to admit it, but it actually works. Giving your life to Jesus actually changes your life, and it transforms you. And so we're privileged to have... The freedoms uh, to be able to minister how we want, um, and we and we would ask for your prayers because, as we all know, governments change; um, their perspective changes. Um, we don't want to see any kind of restrictions because Jesus is the only way, actually, to be set free, 100%, and you can your life can be transformed. And so I, I get to watch these women, especially. Sometimes the guys I I get to see as they they grow and we do outreaches and I, I see their testimonies. But with the women, I get to see them day in, day out. I see the brokenness when they come in, the hopelessness. Sometimes going, you know what, I've done 10 different treatment centers. I don't know what to do. And they come in and they're broken. And I see Jesus change them as they surrender, and it's amazing, it really is. It isn't a job for me, it's my life now. Um, once you get Teen Challenge DNA in you, yeah, you kinda, that's it, you're done. <laughs> um, I've been to different Teen Challenges um, in, I uh, went to Costa Rica, went to uh, Arizona, went down to Missouri, and seen the same Jesus change the same people, it's, it's pretty amazing. So, we're going to have um, a couple of testimonies this morning, and and then what's called reality is, um, which is kind of snippets of their testimonies. But we're going to have Jesse come up first, and uh, he will share what God's doing.
2: Thanks, Wendy. Like she said, my name's Jesse. Oh, and like she said, it is bright up here. Yeah. Wow, I can't see anything. Alright, so I guess I'm talking to the lights today. Um, yeah, my name's Jesse. I am 27 years old, and uh, I actually didn't know I was sharing my testimony till about five minutes before the service started. So uh, I did a, a little bit of prayer, and I was hoping that uh, God would do some speaking today instead of me. Um, yeah, I grew up in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Uh, I grew up in a pretty dysfunctional family. Um, my dad was successful, my mom had her own accounting business, and, uh, from the outside, things looked okay. We had a decent-sized house, big family, but there was a lot of uh, abuse and trauma that, uh, went on in our household, and, uh, it affected me, as I look back, uh, it affected me pretty greatly at a young age. Um, grew up... Pretty rebellious. I wouldn't really listen to my parents or listen to my teachers or kind of just escaping from my house um, whenever I could and having to have my mom come get me. My neighbors would call my mom to come get me. I was walking down the street at like four years old just doing crazy stuff and uh, when I was a teenager I got into uh, smoking marijuana, drinking at a pretty young age around 14. And then I remember I got invited to go to, um, this guy from my school, basically, when I was, uh, 15 years old, uh, he was a friend of mine, he invited me to go to Oasis, so I was like, Oasis, like, I thought it was, like, Wonderwall, Champagne, Supernova, we're going to a concert, uh, turned out to be a church, turned out to be a youth group, after about a year, I gave my life to the Lord, but, uh, I never really dealt with the trauma. I didn't really know what it meant to like follow Jesus, just kind of do what he says and hope for the best is kind of what I thought. But there's definitely a lot of trauma, a lot of things that I was dealing with uh, internally that I wasn't addressing. And so when I was 18, um, pretty much addicted to everything. Gambling was, was, what, was my main addiction, but I was drinking, using drugs. Um, yeah, just acting crazy. Doing a lot of things to feed my addiction that was against the law, so I uh, I spent uh, I think when I was 18 it was the first time I went to jail. So I spent a lot of time in and out of jail for about uh, four or five years. 2018, I uh, decided to go to Teen Challenge in Ontario. I graduated the program, uh, and then COVID hit, and there's a lot of stuff that happened during COVID in my personal life that. Uh, just seemed a little bit too too much to bear and so I went back to uh, my addiction and then uh, in February or March of this year uh, I hitched a ride out here to BC uh, the guy knew he was a truck driver and he was coming out this way and I went to the program here and God has been doing something different in me I can't really explain it there's things that I still struggle with I struggle with selfishness, gossip, anger. I struggle with all those things inside. And like, when I was praying about what I should talk about, um, I felt the Lord say that like, um, you don't know the depths of your trauma, um, but you know the one who does know the depths of your trauma and the stuff I've went through. And so I don't know exactly what goes on in my heart or exactly what, Wounds I have that need to be healed. But I definitely feel comfort in the fact that God knows me and my hurts better than I could ever know them. And I have a relationship with him and he's working on those things. And uh, I spent a lot of time trying to fit Jesus into my life instead of fitting my life in with what Jesus wants and what the Lord wants. And so I think that is the there's an urgency for myself to. Um, yield to his spirit, yield to his plans. And um, yeah, I guess I'm just really excited for what God has for me. It might not be a white picket fence or a family or whatever I want. It might actually be something he wants, uh, which is scary, but it's comforting knowing that he has plans for me. And as I was uh, praying about what to share, um, I'm not sure what that sound is. Uh, I felt the Lord talk about um, or wanted me to share Philippians 3 um, basically Paul is addressing an issue in the church of Philippi and he's talking about um, he's talking about basically people bragging about them, their accomplishments and the things that they've done or that they can accomplish and he's basically saying I have all the more reason to brag about the stuff I've, I've done and um, the things I've been through and may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, this is what got me out of all the wisdom and knowledge and life experience Paul had, he summed it all up with one thing in order to follow Jesus. Forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of Christ Jesus in my life. So I'm not perfect. I sin every day. Um, But the one thing I do is I am pressing on towards the upward call of Christ in my life. Thanks for letting me share.
0: Thank you, Jesse. Yeah, we never really know where God's going to take us, you know, to, if we if we take a look at, you know, the past, well, the 10 years that I've been around, but even longer for the men's center, we've been around, um, I don't know, 20 years in Euro, I think, and uh, the women probably 15 uh, in the Lower Mainland. We've gone through a lot of changes. There's been a lot of things that have happened especially in the last few years and I know with the men's center like I've watched their their property transform into this farm and they've got dahlias and and vegetables and and the market that's there and chickens we got lots of chickens and producing eggs and um uh you know we we've been able to expand so much we get amazing food donations and so um, a couple of years ago, a freezer and a um, walk-in fridge and a walk-in freezer were um, installed in the uh, the barn. I think somebody here might even have something to do with that and help with that. But those kinds of things are so essential for us because we want to be as self-sustaining as possible. And so the men have um, their product in the um, lobby uh, that's, that's for sale, and uh, same with the women, we've we 've really shifted to doing artisan work and, and selling it at markets and out of our home um, because we do we need to we need to find other means to keep going, and we need donations like we need the donors, but we also need to to, to work and um, so it 's been exciting to see all those things however there's been some bumps in the roads too, you know, the men's center, they got flooded in the, in the fall and had to restructure the foundation, and, but again, you know, people just rally. And I love the support that we have in our communities. It's pretty amazing. Uh, the women's center, we used to be in Abbotsford um, a long time ago. We had a mudslide in Abbotsford. Uh, we had to move three times in a year. Uh, we ended up in the place that we were at uh, by the gleaners, the Fraser Valley gleaners, if anybody knows of that. And we we're on their property. Uh, the Agricultural Land Commission came along and said, "No, you can't be there. You got to move." And we went, but we've been here for five years, six years, whatever it was at that time. They gave us a couple of years to move. We didn't know what we were going to do. We found a place in Surrey, but it was like you know, one point two million dollars, and no. Is it more than that, yeah, 1.7. Um, but we didn't have any money, so like didn't really matter, you know, how much it was. And, um, but we felt that we felt we should put an offer on it, and so we did. We went ahead and put an offer on it, and in six weeks, we raised 1.2 million dollars. And, um, and that can only be God, can only be God. And the following year. Uh, so we were able to move in a uh, year and a half ago. And so that first year that we were there, we actually rallied again and we were able to pay off the mortgage. So um, that can only be God. And the, the funny part is, 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 as soon as we took possession of it, the Agricultural Land Commission came back and said, you know what, you can stay in Abbotsford. And so, <laughs> so now we have two facilities. Uh, we're using the Abbotsford one as a second stage housing, which has been a huge blessing, and um, and we're growing as you as you see the the picture in Surrey. Uh, it's a it's an amazing facility, and and we've just loved seeing people rally together around us. So, um, next I'm going to have the four students, so two women, two guys, come up, and we're going to do what's called reality is.
3: What is reality? Reality is when you're being sexually abused by your blood brother at the age of eight to 11, telling my mother and her not doing anything about it and too terrified to tell anyone, too terrified to tell anyone because of the threats that would happen from the abuser.
4: Reality is quitting university because your addiction is more important Reality is living in a homeless shelter, getting kicked out, ending up on the streets and getting sexually assaulted. Reality is having the people you love believe you're still sober, only to go out secretly to get your next fix. Reality is knowing your next fix could be the last time anyone ever sees you, but the thought of disappointing those you love scares you even more.
3: Reality is when you would sell your body to get that next fix of heroin because the high was all that mattered to you. Reality is when you haven't seen your children in three years because you failed as a mother. Reality is when all else fails, you're homeless, sleeping on the streets, looking through the garbage for food late at night.
5: Reality is, if I was honest and confessed my sins, the people closest to me would leave me. Reality is, I was selfish and not willing to let go of sin. Reality is, lying to my family and friends to support my habit had me bound up with guilt and shame. Reality is, even though I was going to church and doing my religious duties, the enemy had his grip on me and and I still wasn't willing to change.
2: Reality is, I only felt in control while I was drunk or high. Reality is, I could only be socially accepted while I was using. Reality is, I was never good enough, so I used drugs and alcohol to cover that up. Reality is, my emotions showed weakness, so I never showed any.
3: The truth is, I no longer have to live in fear. For God has brought me protection, and He will bring me healing to those broken places. The truth is, I value my body, and I no longer have to abuse it to feed my addiction. Truth is, God is the God of resurrection, and I am believing that for myself and my family, and especially my children.
4: But the truth is, Jesus said to me, and you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. John chapter 8, verse 32. And the truth is, and the same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. The truth is, we are no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. Romans chapter 6, verse 7 to 8. But the truth is, and because you belong to him, the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Romans chapter 8, verse 2.
5: The truth is, being humble and open to one another has built up my character, and strengthened racial relationships. The truth is, the lies of the enemy will no longer be listened to. The truth is, there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus, because through him, he he has set me free from sin and death. The truth is, giving my fears and anxieties to God has released bondage that the enemy had tormented me with. The
2: truth is, with trusting in the Lord, I don't need mind-altering substances. The truth is, when I accepted Jesus Christ into my heart, my self-destructing patterns lost their grip. The truth is, being good enough in God's eyes is the only acceptance I need. The truth is, caring and showing love for myself and others shows greater strength than anything else in this world.
3: You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free.
0: Yeah, I think I'm going to have Sequoia come up and do her testimony, and then uh, I'll kind of wrap it up after that.
6: Okay. I didn't write my testimony today because I chose to have faith that God would speak through me. I hid myself from everything that I loved, and God set me free, and I truly believe that God can set anyone free from anything. I have stage fright, okay, like badly, and this is this is to challenge me. And thank you.
0: I can I can ask you questions. Okay. Okay. Um, when did you first realize that you had something going on that that was disconnecting from god
6: so i was probably around 15 and was using and i didn't want to admit it i was super prideful and super angry And I came to a realization that something, well, not something, my choices had separated me from God and that I needed help because I was a people pleaser and I wanted to fit in to something that I didn't ever need to fit into because God is the truth and the only thing I'm living for is Like, the only thing that we were created for was to worship,
0: so. What brought you to Teen Challenge? What was kind of the circumstance around that?
6: I love my family, and God's my family. God and then family, yeah. I needed help, and... I didn't think I was going to come to Teen Challenge. I didn't even know what Teen Challenge was. And then God was like, you think you're going to go this way? You're actually going to go this way? So just get ready for a roller coaster. Even though you're scared of heights, it's good.
0: Um, When did you start seeing God in a different way after getting to Teen Challenge?
6: When I realized that I didn't have to earn God's love.
0: Okay, Okay. that is pretty beautiful. (laughs) Um, what are some of your fears that you still? Face. If you want to share those, I know.
6: <laughs> I don't like cell phones. <laughs> I don't like the internet. I like the country and I love people, and I really have a fear of not being able to like, please people. I don't need to please people, like it's not, it's it's a fear to like balance, balance is my fear. I'm like, I make things really complicated and it's so simple and God's just like, okay, like just let it go, like I got this, like I just want your heart, like I just want you to vote what God wants and not what I want, so. Fear is not being good enough, I guess. Like, it's fear of rejection, and I don't need to be afraid anymore because God has, I have faith, yeah.
0: <laughs> Thanks, Sequoia. <laughs> um, just a couple of things, and then I'm going to turn it um, back over to Pastor Rod. Uh so we do have, like I mentioned, um, items in the foyer if, if you want to come and, and talk with any of the students. I know they'd be happy to share their story, um, parts of their story, maybe not everything. Um, let's not go with anything. But, um, yeah, and just to ask more about Teen Challenge. I, you know what? I think everybody knows somebody who's been affected by addictions. I think pretty much everybody in this room would know somebody who's been affected somehow. And it's pretty rampant out there, and you know what? It's it's life and death. And that has become more prevalent in these last couple years than ever I've seen it before. I've been in recovery for 30 years, and I've never seen it as dark. The darkness is getting darker. And we want to be a light in the communities that we're at. We have community offices in Williams Lake and and Cranbrook, and those are places where people can go find out about Teen Challenge, get into a small group, because we need to reach further than just the, um. Yeah, the 12 months or the year-long program. We need to reach further because it's so necessary, and so thank you for so much for having us. Um, I hope you were as blessed as we were. Uh, just coming here, so I like to turn it back over.
1: This last week, I was listening to CBC, as probably many of you do as well. And of course, you know that BC hit a tragic uh, landmark number of 10,000 overdose deaths in the last seven years since I think it was uh, 2016. Maybe that's six years only. Um, The point that you just made there was the point I was going to make. We are all affected by this uh, individually in our personal lives as a society. It's everywhere. And we are thankful for Teen Challenge. One of the ladies they were interviewing was a woman who runs a program and uh, had lost her own daughter to an overdose. And she read a note of a 15-year-old boy. And it went like this. He said in his note, These drugs I hold in my hands will take my life. I'll leave my mom without a son my brother without a brother, my grandma without a grandson, my cousins without a cousin. And then he said, dear God, if you are really there, save my life. And those were the last words he wrote before he died. And that story is repeated over and over and over as we hear it on the news. And we can become callous to what we hear, and we can become callous walking along the streets and seeing what it's doing I think it should motivate this church family to say, well, at least we have one connection where we know we can support, where we can make a difference. I read in Joel 2.25 where the Lord says this, I will restore you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. The context is that as the nation of Israel had sinned against God, the locust came in and it stripped the crops away from them. But as the people returned to God and worshipped him with their hearts, God said, I will restore to you. I will pay back. I will give you in greater measure than what was taken. I will give to you. I hope you take that message. I hope each one of us take that message. And I was reading Ephesians 4. It says, put off the old self. Put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Then it goes on in verse 28 of Ephesians 4. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work, doing something useful with their own hands that they may have something to share with those in need. Sin in our lives steals. It steals in all sorts of different ways. And I love the principle of Teen Challenge where you're actually saying it's not just that we need donations from people out there, but we're trying to do something useful with our own hands. Works of artisan type items that you have for sale out there by donation. Farming type things that I know you guys have been working on because I just saw, saw the eggs that you've collected. I've seen the different preserves and whatnot that you have there. I know about the car program that goes on there. And you're doing something useful with your hands that you might Share with someone in need. And so that's a principle that we all want to be living out. And I, I thank God that you're doing that. I thank God that what he is doing in your life is restoring you that you might give back within your own family and your own community. And God bless you for that. I would like our church congregation, most of us good Baptists are sitting more towards the back than the front. <laughs> They're afraid of the light, folks. They're afraid of the light. You know, <laughs> I'm going to have you all stand. You guys stay seated. Right here. You stay seated. You all stand. Make your way into the aisles and just kind of push yourself forward a little bit. I know I'm going to make you feel uncomfortable. People have stood up here and shared about their lives this morning. I'm making you feel a little uncomfortable. So we're going to pray together. Father God, your presence is evident with us here by the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the fact that you don't give up on us. You don't give up on us when we sin. You. When we come to you, you forgive us, you cleanse us, you draw us back into right relationship, and that pattern never ends in our lives. You desire that we would know that we must keep our hearts close to you, we must keep our hearts soft before you, and that when we do, you give us those incremental victories in our lives. Thank you for these who have been willing to share their stories. It is not easy to stand up in front of others and to share what's been going on and the work that you're doing, and I thank you uh, for The ones that have been willing to do this, Sequoia, and also for Jesse, and then the four that did the reality is, Lord, thank you. Bless them. Bless each one for coming here today. Might they enjoy the presence of your spirit with them. Might they enjoy the opportunity of learning uh, about who you are, but experiencing who you are. And may you also bless the work of their hands, because they are working hard to also be able to share with others. And so take this Ministry of team Challenge. Lord, supply their every need and make them a blessing not only here in our communities, but to many throughout British Columbia. We ask this in the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening to our Sardis Fellowship sermon podcast. If you'd like to learn more about our church,
5: you can check out sardisfellowship.com. Have a great day, and God bless.